Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Our lesson today comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. May God uh, add his blessing to our understanding of his holy word. We spoke of the rod and the staff during Psalm 23. So I have a North African shepherd's rod. If you want to heft why this thing is good against wolves and coyotes, it's a piece of olive root. And just picking it up has a kind of a funny feel to it. I'll put it back. And of course, the shepherd's staff, far from a weapon, is more, that's the guidance of the shepherd. And I saw a picture on an article about Psalm 23 of a sarcophagus of a pharaoh and the symbol of kings. If you remember the, the relief of a pharaoh carved on top of the sarcophagus, there's a miniature shepherd's crook in one hand and a rod or, or really a stick, a baton, a mace in the other. The symbols of the shepherd are symbols of a king, our king, our king of kings. Some of you may remember, I'm showing my age a little here, and I think it was probably dated when I learned it. Do you remember the trademark of RCA Victor when they had an early record player called a Victrola? Had the turntable, and instead of our modern speaker systems that are baiting me a little this morning, instead of those, they had a great big tulip-shaped brass horn on it that amplified the sound from the, the needle on the vinyl record. Many of you know how that works. Some of you may need an explanation, even though I guess it's come back a little bit in retro. And there's a picture of this cute dog, nondescript breed probably, black and white, sitting looking into the horn with his head cocked, and the, the trademark under it was his master's voice. He's wondering where his master is because he hears his voice, and he's looking in the horn of the Victrola, looking for it. Jesus tells us that his sheep 
know his voice. And there are amazing stories of shepherds in that part of the world. And one of the comparisons is, in England, they raise sheep largely for mutton, although the Scots use a lot of the wool to make the fabric for kilts. But in the Middle East, those sheep are raised for milk and wool. And a shepherd will know his sheep for years, have names for them. Spotted ear, crook leg, whatever, usually describes the, the sheep in some way, but they have names for them. They even have a, a strange, like a baby language talk that they'll speak to the sheep that doesn't sound quite like human talk. And the sheep will respond to that particular shepherd's sing-song voice. So that if several shepherds are in the town sheepfold, where there's a, a communal common, if you will, but it's fenced to keep the sheep in at night and keep them safe. You wonder, how are they ever going to sort all those sheep out? I mean, there's a bunch of woolly critters that all look alike. In the morning, one of the shepherds will stand back a little, they'll open a gate, and he'll do that sing-song call, and his sheep perk up their ears and separate themselves from the flock and go follow the shepherd. In fact, a, a tour guide had a, one of those trips to the Holy Land, and he's telling all about the shepherd, and he, he sees this guy driving the sheep down the road with a stick. He takes the guy aside and says, you're ruining the story. I've told this, this tour group about how the sheep follow the shepherd here in, in, in this land, the Holy Land. What are you doing driving him with a stick? He says, oh, I'm not a shepherd. I'm the butcher. <laughs> yeah, a whole different story. That's a real one. That's a true story. That's not, almost not an anecdote. I gave an example of this one day. Now, Dixie might come if I call her, but she's distracted by crowds, so we're not going to do that. I'd love to. But I had a big woolly dog, and he was part shepherd, Belgian shepherd and golden retriever, great big blonde woolly thing named Baxter. He was a fellow Mainer, so Baxter seemed to fit. And in a church bit longer than this one with just one big center aisle and then aisles at the sides. I sat on the steps at the chancel at the front of the church in my robe and everything and Kathy had, or, or daughter Mary, I forget which one of them, had Baxter in the back of the room talking about this passage to the children. So I, I looked at Baxter, come here. And he started trotting down the aisle, good as gold. He was, he was a wonderful boy. And he got about a third of the way down. He went to the oldest congregant there. Old Levere Earhart was about a 94-year-old farmer. And he was sitting right on the, right on the aisle. Baxter was on to lay his head on Levere's knee to get his ears scratched. Levere scratched his ears for a few seconds. Baxter. He perked his ears up and came trotting right out, sat right by my feet. Of course, he knew I had a treat under my robe. We, you know, I know how to handle that. And we talked about it, and he sat there, and was real calm, cool, and collected for a minute, and then Mary took him out of the church, and we were done with the message. Well, on the way out of church, old Levere, who was a character and a half, you know, the, the pastor stands at the door and shakes hands, good to see you, how are you, Levere, God bless you. He says, you know, you'd have had to change your story if I'd have held on to his collar, wouldn't you? The fact that it crossed his mind <laughs> kind of gave me the willies a little bit. I said, thank you for not doing that. His master's voice. And it's very true in the culture of the sheepfold in that part of the world, 
the sheep know the master's voice and they won't follow a stranger's voice. And the, the stranger goes into the sheepfold by another way. And that, that's important when they talk about going in by the door. But the one who comes in the sheepfold by another way and has to drive the sheep with a stick or calls them with a false voice. We spoke about a false voice a little earlier. There are a lot of false voices in the world who would lead the sheep, and we're not talking about others when we speak of the sheep, are we? Not really. I've got the symbols of a shepherd up here, and the term pastor does mean shepherd in Latin, but I'm only a junior sub-deputy to the good shepherd. I'm one of the sheep, too. I have to listen for the voices of the world that call to me, that call out for, case of the one I mentioned earlier, rebellion, personal power, liberation from all these, these horrible churches that, that want us to be subject to power. Gee, what power is that? The gospel of Jesus Christ. To listen for all voices of the world that call and compare them to the voice of Jesus Christ. And if that's not him calling us, say no thank you. Sometimes we may need to plug our ears even while we pray for the ones who are being deceived by false calls by false shepherds. Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. In another part of John, one of his famous I am sayings is I am the good shepherd. But here he says, I am the door for the sheep. If you've ever been in a big cathedral, I was in a big church in Worcester recently and, and in what they call high church, the fancy liturgical churches where the architecture reflects it, the baptismal font, now we keep it by a door, sort of. But the baptismal font in a big church, especially the cathedrals of Europe, is right smack in the middle of the aisle or even in the narthex. And you don't come into the church except by way of that baptismal font. It is, in fact, as Thomas came in today, the entrance to the family of Jesus Christ. It's the entrance to the sheepfold is that symbol of the grace, mercy, and love of Jesus Christ. The first of our sacraments, because he can't handle the juice and the bread yet, but the water of baptism, babies can handle just fine. He didn't even fuss at me until later. But that's the entrance to the church. And Jesus, I'm the door of the sheep. Now, in town, that, that stone sheepfold I mentioned, it's like the town common, had a door, had a gate. So you get all the different flocks of sheep in there, and you, you shut the door, and at least one shepherd's on duty at night to avoid sheep rustlers who climb over the wall to get at the sheep because they don't belong there. But out in the field, when they made a temporary sheepfold, and I'm reminded of a couple others here who remember this when I was out on exercises in the woods and we'd set up our tent with lights in it and the generators and the radios and all the things that go into a field command post, we'd put concertina wire, barbed wire rolls around it to protect it. And one young trooper who lost the toss was standing there half the night and they'd take turns with a rifle making sure nobody came through the gate to get at the headquarters. That wasn't a new idea because the shepherds out in the field in Jesus' day and long before would get thorn bushes, kind of natural barbed wire, and they'd build an enclosure out of these, I mean thorn bushes, 
These weren't rose bushes, these were thorns. They'd make a sheepfold out of thorns, but you had to weigh in and out. They'd leave an opening. Well, to keep the sheep in and the marauders out, the shepherd probably had this tucked at his belt or clutched under his arm and this right at his side, would lay across the door of the sheepfold and kind of fitfully half sleep there with one eye open all night to guard the sheep. Now the ancient expression for living in peace is to be going out and coming in in peace way back, the prophets, the Psalms, all of that, to be going out and coming in in peace. And if Jesus is the door of the sheep, then we know that we can go out to his call, to his voice, and we can come back in to his call, to his voice by way of his baptism into the sheepfold in safety and in peace, but only if we listen for that call. Because God knows, God promised, God warned us, there are a lot of sheep rustlers in the world, a lot of competing voices that would draw us away from our trust, our confidence, our love for and acceptance of the love of the door of the sheepfold, the one who calls himself and is our good shepherd. As the psalm and the, or as the, the prophet and the song says, all oh, we like sheep have gone astray. At different times in our lives, perhaps we have and had to be called back by that shepherd. Listen for his voice. In any voice that calls you, that makes you wonder, listen for the voice of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, the master's voice that we might go in and come out in peace and safety in him. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen. And amen.